0: normal business hours just to get a hold of someone real service from real people whenever you need it get the customer service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com credit card i'm gary o'reilly and i'm chuck nice this is playing Playing with with Science. science Today we take a look at the rapidly expanding universe of eSports. Mm. Computer games, well, they've been around for decades, from Pong to Donkey Kong, Super Mario to League of Legends, and now Player One became Player One billion and one.
1: Absolutely. and. Gary just doesn't understand how it's seen as a sport, being that he's a former professional footballer, I'm sure. Looking down on all those gamers that are virtually playing the game on the virtual pitch. Of course, I'm kidding. Of course, I'm only kidding. Um, But to get a clearer view of gaming and all it takes to be tops in the field, we have Nico the Pico, who is head coach of Swiss eSports
0: team PF Helix and a player himself. And a player who is going to educate me as to the hows, whys, wheres, etc. So uh, the other thing is, while Nico explains how, uh, Dr. Heather Berlin, our very good friend, Dr. Heather Berlin, will explain the why and the what that is taking place in an eSport right yeah um, yeah joining us first nicholas cause or as you might know him nico the, the pico, pico player and coach as you said head coach i like that It's head coach of swiss esports team pf helix um league of legends let's put this let's just get me started with an education here league of legends right most popular video well, game say hi to uh, are you saying hi to yeah. yeah. Hey, Hi, Nico. Hey, Nico. <laughs> All right, let me <laughs> just get, let's get myself, I'm going to do a brief bit of homework for myself here. Go ahead. League of Legends, most popular video game since 2012 with over 100 million monthly active players. Wow. I can say what I
1: like, no one's going to care. And let me tell you, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you know this, uh, Gary, right. but the same way you have Premier League here on Saturday mornings, right? Mm-hmm. You have League of Legends on ESPN now. That's how big this thing is, man. it's yeah, like, it's, it's a real sporting event that so has televised
0: coverage. I mean, the tournaments are set up globally, and they they've got over a hundred million viewers. So, wow. um, Nico, welcome to Playing with Science. Thank you. Uh, for those of you unable to see Nico, he is ridiculously young, and 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 and
1: and, and uh, charmingly handsome. Yep, he's got all of the he's got all the good stuff going. Yeah. And, and he's a gamer on top of it. And he's head coach. And head coach and getting paid. You are getting paid, right, Nico? Of course I am. Okay, good, good. for you. Yeah, I, I felt like your dad for a minute there. Just like, you're not just sitting around <laughs> playing games, are you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're getting paid, right, son?
0: Straight to dad mode. <laughs> <least>. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right, you're going you to have to backtrack and I, I appreciate your patience with me. Just when did esports become a competitive monster that it is?
2: Okay, so 20 years ago... You had some games in some areas, uh-huh. especially in South Korea. Uh, it was really starting with StarCraft. Had a twenty years uh, anniversary now recently. Right. I think it was this year or last year. Uh, that's really where it started and where people really saw, and the big corporations saw that, hey, maybe there's uh, maybe there's something we can do with this, and and people were starting to take it serious. You had big sponsors coming in. You had. The biggest telecom companies in South Korea coming in and sponsoring individual players and teams. You had the military going in and sponsoring teams so that when these players were picked up to go to the military, they could continue doing their esports life within the military. And the rest of the world caught on and saw that you could actually enable games to be... Uh, played more serious so you could have a game that is both for the casual player but is also able to be on a professional level Mm -hmm. just like for example all of us have probably played chess at some point or another in our life but you also know that there's an entire different world of chess where there's people uh having tournaments over over entire weeks and uh Right? You have the world champion, Magnus Carlsen, who's Norwegian. And I, I like to make a lot of correlations to that because that's something that people can fathom and they have some sort of relationship with. Right. Because it's not always easy to explain the game. For example, the game that I coach, if if you have no idea the type of game, it's extremely hard to try and understand. So instead it, it, of it, trying it, to... Ex- go ahead. Yeah. I, I was going to say, it is very hard to
1: understand and it is very difficult to follow I tried to watch a League of Legends tournament um yes. and uh I have to tell you the commentators were speaking about it like I couldn't tell what they were talking about because there was so much going on on the screen for the uninitiated can you can you give us a speech yes. breakdown of League of Legends cuz you know it is a, it, it's a battle game And, uh, you know, there's a lot of firepower going on on the screen. Uh, But can you break it down for us? What
2: is what's what's League of Legends about? Okay, so it's a five player per team game. You have two teams and Uh each team has one base and you have different structures that protect your base. In order to win the game, you have to kill many structures and then the final piece of the base, which is called the Nexus, whichever team kills this Nexus first wins the game. That's the simplest explanation, I think. Uh, uh, so here you go. It's
1: capture the flag. It's, a, right. it's a, like a military exercise, capture the
0: flag. So you said something, military. And you mentioned South Korea. See, for people who don't who don't know, South Korea has military conscription. It's mandatory to do a military service. So, two years. Yeah, two years. Right, yeah. yeah not two weeks. It's not, not a camp. Right. <laughs> it's two years. And all of a sudden, how smart were they to go... Oh, dude, these kids are going to be primed for a certain element of what will be necessary for our defense. Right. To bring that forward. I can see why the military s- jumps straight on top of this. Okay, so it's a lot of fun, it's great. But how do you go from, oh, I quite like to have a look at this, I'm going to start playing it, to being. A top 10 player in the world to being a head coach what are the steps through that because it's it sounds like a hell of a lot of fun but it also sounds like a hell of a lot of work
2: yes well you were a football player yourself right yes so i would say it's the same i I always make references to football and chess because that's things that people are familiar with like if you just play football and you just enjoy football playing football, that doesn't mean that you can suddenly become a professional. You actually need to put in a hell of a lot of work. You Mm -hmm. need to actually be skilled or you need to be willing to put in the amount of time and effort and energy and and sweat and tears and, and uh, rearrange your life and cut out whatever uh, time constraints you have so that you can emphasize more time on football in order to actually go pro. Right. And then if you're lucky. Then maybe somebody finds you and you get a team opportunity and you get a chance to to show yourself and like there's a lot of thin threads that you need to hit in order to to make it in in anything I think and it's the yeah. same in chess and it's the same in esports. Like to uh, give an example of myself, I was a player to begin with. I was among the top 200 in Europe uh, in total uh, in all positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was playing in a team, and we were trying to qualify to uh, what's below the highest league in Europe. We failed to qualify, so I started uh, changing my vision into potentially becoming a coach, because I was finishing my bachelor's degree, and I was like, either I start making money out of this, or I have to get a regular job. So to keep going for a bit, I actually sold my car to keep paying rent, and I was down wow. to like maybe two more weeks before I had to actually get a job. And then I actually got picked up by uh esports team in uh, Berlin, which was called Origin. And I started my first head coach job there. And I just flew down, and that's, that's three years ago. Wow. Look also, at okay. That.
0: I mean, I want to do this. I, I, we're going to build a perfect esport, e gamer, whatever you want to call them. Okay. What is the correct terminology?
2: <laughs> you could say esports athlete. Ah, okay,
0: esports. I want to build one from the ground upwards. Sure. What's the first thing, what do we need, and what do we have when we're finished?
2: Okay, so I think that uh, in a team, you have five different players, uh-huh. and just like in football, Uh, when you have different positions, you need different personalities, right? So, there's some generalizations, but there's also differences in what you need because you obviously need some sort of uh, captain and stuff like this, so that's personalized. But in general, uh, you need someone who's able to hold very high level of focus because um, usually you can have best of five matches and each game can last up until an hour, and then you play the entire set in one go. So, in tournament settings, you can have uh best of fives that go over five or six hours and you need to be able to hold your focus throughout the entire thing right yeah you need to be the like among the very best in the entire region that you're playing in to even get to participate in a professional team so you need to be extremely skilled at the game as well and that just either requires very very high talent or extreme levels of dedication and motivation and, and just effort in order to build yourself up, right?
0: Okay, so I've got these big useless hands. Now, I've got to wake those work as a gamer, yes. as an sports athlete. What kind yes. of dexterity have I got to have? What kind of mental agility have I got to possess? Apart from what you, you immediately went to, this dude's got to be so focused, it's unreal. I think that's yes. first and foremost. So, how about the dexterity? How about all of the strategy? Where? Do, how do I build? What do we need? We're building this winner, by the way. We're building Achilles, the new okay. esports
2: athlete. Okay. Okay. So, that like I think that dexterity in your hands is maybe overlooked a bit, especially for my game because my game is more. Strategically uh, has a more strategical depth, mm-hmm. I think. But obviously, you need to be able to to click the buttons at a certain speed in order to just play the game at a high level. Right. So, uh, but I think pretty much anybody can do that at, with just enough practice. So I I don't think that's not something that you would necessarily need to put points into when you're building somebody. So I would rather look at the uh, physique and the mentality of the player in order to build the perfect teammate hmm. that I would try to create at least. Can so one like,
0: person dump, just one person wipe a whole team out on their own? Or
2: does it have to be a five man, five girl effort? Um, depends on the game. In my game right now, it is extremely hard. It's It's like nearly impossible. It can happen. You have some players that are like famed, like faker in South Korea that just everybody in the entire world respects because he's just the most skilled player in the game, but even he can't just one v five and and win. He has to win through and with his team, and he has to bring his team in on the place in order to make stuff happen. It's it's a very coherent and strategically, uh, like team forest game. I would say.
1: Hmm. So, do you have to be a great player to be a uh, uh, a good coach, or is it like other sports? You know, in some sports, the coach. Never really played the game, you know. You 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 have occasionally, some, occasionally yeah. You have happens, some yeah. some sports where the person just knows the game so well that they don't even, you know, they 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 haven't played the game. They're just able to actually direct
2: the game. Do you have to yeah. be
1: a a player in order to coach?
2: That's a very good question, actually. So I, I think that uh, there's many different opportunities you have as a coach. You can be a coach that you were a player before. This happens in football. It happens in any game or or sport that I can think of. Or you can have somebody that's just really good working with people and have a really good understanding of the people that they're working with and are able to just bring the best out of the players that they have and and sort of make the players teach themselves with each other. That's also an approach that is possible. In my case, I came from being a, a player, and I was a very good player in three out of five roles, and I was able to uh, lead while I was a player. I was a captain always, and I was able to sort of just transfer that naturally into being... A coach, But I also think that it goes together with uh, the sort of uh, human approach that I have and the human understanding that I have and, and ability to make people work together.
0: Oh. What's interesting, uh, and I was reading just the other day, there's a, a young player called F2Tex. He's a FIFA 19 player. He's 17 years of age. He's won maybe $100,000 in prize money already. was great for him. He said when a new game comes out, he spends 10 hours a day for maybe two months. And then for, after that, a couple of hours a day just to stay on top. Okay. Of that. Does that sound... Because that's kind of like if you wanted to be an elite athlete, track and field, you did the 10,000 hours thing. Right. People always quoted the 10,000 hours. Is, right. Does that sound about right to you for an athlete that wants to
2: become elite? Uh, No. It doesn't at all. And and for me, like I, I don't really view FIFA at the same level um, as what we're doing. It's right. a completely different genre. Mm. I like all right. I, I, I don't a little video game snobbery happening right now. Yeah, I like yeah. it. No, I like but that. it. But it is yeah. Yeah. No player at the highest level in, in League of Legends or in CSGO or in Dota or in Overwatch or these sort of games could play two hours a game and be the best in the world. It just doesn't work. So what this guy that you're referring to does is he picks up the newest game and he gets, uh, he becomes the best at it as fast as possible, and then he is just playing similar games so that the skill sort of transfers. But he's just more picking up new games to make quick cash or or, or just to feel good. It's not really the same as as uh, becoming an expert or mastering the sport that you're doing or mastering the field that you're doing. So I, I think it's very ninjas. different things.
0: Nico is breeding esport ninjas. <laughs> this guy, F2 Tech, isn't got nowhere near Nico's team. Am I right? So okay, the top ten players in the world, right? Is it Faker you mentioned in Korea? Would he have a very similar skill set to two, three, four, five, or would he have just something outrageous in one
2: category? So Faker is very outrageous. So there's like a hundred-plus champions, different characters within the game right now, and you can only choose one per person. But he has shown throughout his entire career that he can literally play them all at the highest level. Like, he he goes versus the best players in the world, and he asks them what their best champion is, and then he plays their best champion versus them and beats them consistently. So
1: now, each one of the characters that you pick in the game, are you saying that they have a different skill set and you have to master the skill set that the character has in the game?
2: Yes. Wow. So, so look at his face. Uh,
0: look at because he, he's looking there. You look at his eye, and he's like, "Yeah, dude. Yeah, th- that's, what I, did. Yeah, like, that's yes. what I do. Yeah, he's like, that's what I do. That's how I coach yeah, this that's stuff. That's why I'm a
1: Viking, damn it. Yeah. By the way, that's uh, not a character in the game.
0: <laughs> should be. Go on. You
1: were saying, oh, Nico. There,
2: there is a Viking in the game. Oh, but is there? Regardless, a, is there a Viking yes, in the game? Yes. I was just making he's a joke. Olaf. Olaf. <laughs> Olaf. Oh, yes.
0: okay. Well, we're gonna take a break. Um, um, Yeah. You're not going anywhere. We're not allowing you to. Yeah. And while we're gone, we're gonna go sack a village. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. Please don't. Villages. <laughs> right. We're going to take that break. Uh, Nico the Pico will be with us. Olaf the Viking will be explored. And Faker from Korea sounds like the world's most dangerous chameleon. Uh, more of that when we get back.
2: I'm Nico Pico, and this is Playing with Science. Welcome back to Playing with
1: Science. I'm Gary O'Reilly. Yeah, Are I'm you? So nice. you Sure, I'm, you sure I'm you actually chocolate? all off the Viking, but see, yeah, for now.
0: That didn't take long for you to come with the truce there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and this is our esports special, and we as has uh, now been yes fascinating has fascinating been educated. Nico the Pico has told us they are esports athletes. Now, I wasn't sure about this being a sport per se, yeah. but the more we talk... The more we get into it. The more I'm sitting down going, yeah. I've got to challenge my own yeah. self. I've got to think differently. I'm, and listeners out there who are saying, Gary, how long has it taken you to get to this point? Mm-hmm. I'm with you. So, okay, um, during the little commercial break there, we, we sort of st- struck on the AI sort of issue yeah. and you had a valid point chuck you're always playing a computer You're
1: always like if you're just practicing you're playing a you're playing the computer but nico told us he a dropped really it.
0: interesting he dropped story something on us yes yeah, so yeah. please can there's a young danish player called caps yes
2: nico, tell us about him you
0: take it from there
2: so i picked him up I, I pretty much joined the best team in europe at some point and became their head coach mm-hmm. i reshuffled the entire team i only kept one player and then i rebuilt the entire team and i rebuilt it around this uh at the time 17 year old danish mid laner i i went to his parents and i told them when he was 16 i want to bring this guy to berlin for two years on a two-year contract Can he stop school, please? Holy crap! (laughs) Oh, I bet the parents loved you. Do you, listen,
1: people listening, do you see how serious this is? Yeah. This kid is talking about, yo, I want your kid, your kid's so good at video gaming, I want him to come to Berlin on a two-year contract, and he's 16 years old. That's how serious this thing is. Go ahead, continue, go ahead.
2: Yes, and he is just incredibly talented mechanically, and and mechanics is what we're talking about, like using your mouse and keyboard and just your movements within the game. Mm -hmm. So um, you you could probably do references to football as well, but I, I think people understand. But the way he would practice individually, he would find people who were using cheats in the game. Mm-hmm. Explain and cheats. He would...
0: just, just just, for me, to explain cheats, okay. please.
2: Thank sure. you. Sure. So the way that cheats work in, in our game is that uh, you have an application or your computer takes control over your character in the game uh-huh. and just makes him play perfectly. So you never get hit by any skill shot. You move perfectly in every direction and you shoot your spells at the exactly millisecond right time and you predict movements and everything. So it's it's unfair and it gets removed right away as soon as the game realizes that someone is cheating, they get removed and permabanned and they're never allowed to play again and it's, it's not allowed professionally at all so it's like very looked down upon mm-hmm. but caps the crazy guy that he is he's like well if i can just practice versus this then i'm i'm gonna get really good as well so he actually did like he, he would actually do it and right. i would watch him and it would it would be incredible to watch because you're playing versus something that you cannot hit, right? He, and so he, and, and he he would beat the cheat. Yes. He wow. Wins. So,
0: when you've got a, a young player, and the age is is to a point irrelevant, because you are now discussing someone with a high level of strategic intelligence, yes. that they are coming. I, if that's good and better than what anyone else has done. I need to learn from it. And the only way to learn from it is to get in and mix it up. Right. And get and so when you find a player like that, how do you then elevate his or her game? Yeah. So as they become yes. even better, that's your head coach challenge.
2: Sure. So... I, I will tie this into the project that I'm doing here because I'm. I think it's really important to tell about.
1: Right, well, but, before you go any further, tell tell everybody where you are because you're not you're not uh, coming to us from your home in Norway. You're actually sure. Where I'm are you? in
2: I'm in the capital of Switzerland. I'm in Bern, and we are a esports team. We're called the Esports Experiment or PostFinance Helix. PostFinance is one of the largest banks in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we are fully financed by one of the largest banks in Switzerland to do esports, to play League of Legends. And I'm here. They head hunted me from the north of Norway to come down and lead their team. Wow. That's where I am.
1: Look how serious this is. Like, I can actually see parents now totally flipping the script. It's just like, Dad, uh, I think I'm going to turn in for the night. No, you get down there and you get on that damn video game, son. (laughs) You get on that video game and you continue to work until you get this right. Yeah, you know it's like wow. I mean, you're you're so uh, you're 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 financed by the largest bank in Switzerland and one, um, of, the largest. one of the largest banks there's in one Switzerland. Or two, there's one or two large it, banks it's, it's, in Switzerland. There's, there's quite a few <laughs> large, quite yes. a few large banks in Switzerland. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and for those of you who can't see, uh, Nico De Pico is sitting in what looks like a training facility. I see screens. There are players behind you, and so go ahead.
2: Yeah, like we have a huge office in in literally the center of Bern, like right next to the train station, which is like the the main central building area next to the old town in Bern. It's it's fantastic. We have. Uh, I'm the head coach. We have a, a mental coach. We have a, a personal trainer. We have our own uh, nutritionist who makes all the food. Like we have managers. Like there's many levels of degree wow. within this within this team that wow. is working. And and to give you an idea, I wanted to just tell you how our basic day is because I think that might be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, please, for six out of seven days a week, we have regular workouts. Uh, we do one core muscle workout. Uh, on one day and then cardio the next day. And we always do 90 minutes of cardio. So the day for the players starts at 9.30 in the morning. Then they do their gym, whether it's core muscle or whether it's cardio. After that, you go into lunch and then we have mental training with our mental coach, which uh, is everything from meditation and breath work to to mental coaching activities, like uh, as a team or individual or individual talks for like two, three hours. And then we do have team practice where we actually play the game, which also goes on for three, four hours or more on some days where we do up to six hours. Uh And then there's individual practice on top of that. And that is every single day. Wow! In addition, the players are whenever they do have off days, they are very much encouraged to play the game as much as possible and be active and actually help themselves become better players. Because the best players in the world, they don't take off days they they literally don't they are
1: breeding e ninjas yeah they exactly are. and it, it, video games is not child's play it's basically no, so what's what, interesting it's amazing
0: m- meditation and breathing because uh, i mean as little as i know and it is little mm. let's let's not not get carried away here the adrenaline flow must be immense in terms of surges that come through and being able to control breathing, being able to control a flow state. We talk about elite athletes, basketball players, baseball, soccer players, whoever they might be, controlling their state of mind. Yeah. You are employing people. No wonder you're able to get the best of the best to come to work with you. Uh, you're getting people to educate your athletes, and we're going to call them athletes now, to bring that state of mind into play.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Which, you know, no matter what you're playing, what sport you're playing, it's very important to have these the skills that you're talking about. I heard you tell a story about, well, actually, I didn't hear you. That's why I want you to tell it now. I read a quote from you where you were talking about a team that you took over that was crumbling from the inside, but you were able to do things to turn the team around. What were yeah. you referring to and, and uh, how do you do that as a coach in esports?
2: Yeah, so that was actually the team that I joined where I sold my car and I just left for Berlin. That okay. was actually the team. Okay. And, right. and they had to kick their coach because it didn't work out. And the players came from semifinals in the World Championship, right? They came from semifinals in the World Championship. They were two two or three weeks into their season and they were losing pretty much every match. And everything was just crumbling. So they came from semifinals at Worlds, and now they're losing in their European series, mm. like their European league. And uh, being able to handle losses is very difficult, especially for, for younger players, especially for immature players, yeah. which most of them are, because they they lived at their, at their parents' place but until they got a contract, and then they were sent to Berlin, right? So they never actually have that life experience, right? So when I came in there... I was not only their head coach, but I was also their psychologist, their mom and and their dad and like, like just helping people get their minds sorted and uh, sort of helping people understand that we're all trying to achieve the same thing, that if we're going to make this work, like we all know that we're good players, like that you went to semifinals of the world, so obviously you're great players. So you guys just need to align yourself and get on the same page and learn to work together. and then. Through practices and through setting goals and and through having a lot of individual talks, I was alone at that time. I only had a manager above me. So I I was sort of filling in everything I could. But we actually made it work. And we just changed up a lot. And we changed up routines and and just started eating healthier. And like, there's so many things that people don't consider that actually affect. And um, I like to make the reference to Magnus Carlson in chess, where he has his own nutritionist with him and his own personal trainer everywhere he goes in the world and make sure that he eats healthy and that he he lives healthy and that he does his workout. And especially the cardio that increases uh, the blood flow in your body and the oxygen pickup in your blood so that you're able to focus better. Like that's literally why we're doing workouts. Just to make our brains work better. And like nutrition, and it's so damn important. What does it cost to run the Helix team per year? And
0: how much do you make out of tournament wins?
2: Uh, so the team makes seventy five percent of uh, whatever winnings that we do, and the twenty five percent that is not to the to me and the players is reinvested into the team. I, I I couldn't begin to guess the amount of money just this office costs because it's it's so central, mm. and the building we are in is literally owned by the bank, okay. and they're like. Oh yeah, you guys can probably use this, yeah. this space. <laughs> so, so if they had to rent it without going through the bank that we're working with, then yeah, it would be right. crazy, crazy how expensive. And there's so are, many people. Where, how many teams yeah. are
0: there at your level of understanding, preparation, organization? And with a mission statement that you're actually completing on, how many teams out there, or is it just individuals who are out there doing their own thing, or are they all part of a a network with a level that you're at?
2: Yeah, I think um, if you're looking away from Asia, because I have no clue on on China and and Korea, Sure. but if you're looking away from that, you may be looking at like 2030 with this level of infrastructure Hmm. at the most. Wow.
1: That's pretty wild. Hey, you know, we're, we're running out of time here, so I want to get to a couple questions that... Yeah, please uh, do, please do. Uh, one is all this... Pl- two two couple things. One, uh, you talk about focus. You're dealing with basically uh, kids who are going through puberty, you know? And you talk about focus. Uh, I mean, how difficult is it? And do you ever lose a kid to burnout? And do you ever lose a kid to, like... You know why aren't you focused? I can't stop thinking about boobs. Like you know, <laughs> I, I mean, like you, this is what you're dealing with. You're dealing with kids. I mean, how yeah. do you how do you make that work? <laughs> yeah,
2: so, so that's a very good question, and Dummy something that I've you. something that is that I've always done when I built my teams is try to balance personality and balance ages, and I think that is incredibly important to make things work. So, for example, in the team where I took in caps. He was 16 when I wrote the contract with him. Uh-huh. He was 17 when he came to Berlin. But I also matched him with people that were 24, 25, ah. right? And and made sure that it, the team as a whole had more maturity mixed with the lesser maturity so that obviously he will, they, he will get to pick up more from the bigger guys. But when these guys are in season, you have one off day a week at most. And on that off day, you're very highly encouraged to play as much as you can oh. it's not like it's not like uh so many other things are going to be on their mind and if there is then they're not going to just be able to perform so so if you're not cut out for it you're not cut out for it then that's the same in, in football in, or anything any, any sport wow sure. okay yeah. very,
0: many are called yeah. few are chosen
1: very good answer i, I gotta ask one more Go question on, just it. before we run out of time here's the deal man everybody on uh, who is listening right now wants to know this one question how much money can i expect to make as a pro gamer
2: okay, so in Europe you're you can probably look at uh, ten thousand euros plus per month easily oh easily my and goodness. in America you can double that easily with the current situation 20, that is so, so, so there around. are
1: guys making twenty thousand dollars a month. Playing video oh, games in America, winner. and that's
2: and that's kind of like a baseline, like for the yeah, for the yeah, good yes. guys for the be, for the for, best for players. The, yeah, that is that is a baseline. And then you have extras with with personal sponsorships. You have people being uh, Red Bull athletes, which is a bunch of them. You have bunch of sponsorships and and extras and extras and extras. So that's just the base salary level. Well,
1: I got to tell you something right now, Nico. I have to go home and apologize to my son <laughs> and allow him to kick me square in the ass because he came to me two years ago, uh, and he was 11 at the time. He was like, hey, Dad, uh, I want to I wanna be a pro gamer. And uh, I said, you get the hell out of my house. Uh, LAUGHTER
2: Well, 11, I wouldn't recommend it either. So if I can end with something, I always tell people, as long as you can keep good grades, as long as you can stay in good shape and behave accordingly, and at the same time you're able to become a very good player, then sure, maybe you can go for it. But if you're not able to maintain your life at the same time while you're doing this, don't go for it, because it's incredibly hard and it requires incredible amounts of time and it requires incredible amounts of luck. Wow! So don't give up the rest of your life to just try to become a professional gamer. Wow, look at this guy, man. How old are you, Nico? <laughs> Can I join your
1: team? You look like you're 19. 26. Okay, you're 26. Okay, but you look like you're 19, I gotta he say. He does, he does.
0: Uh, but it's, it's great to hear so, such okay, maturity Nico.
1: coming out of this person. Yeah, I'm, I'm all
0: for that. And yeah, success for the team. Where does esports go from where you are now? I mean, I mean, I know the big soccer teams, the big football teams in Europe have their own esports teams, and when yes. they come on board, you mm-hmm. wonder what kind of direction it takes. Uh, you're close to the ground. What's
2: where's it headed? Yes, I'm very glad you said that because I was going to mention Schalke. Yes, German um, national yes. Bundesliga team. Yes, Schalke uh, has had an esports team for many years now. And uh, they made a really good video, which I might be able to send you later. But pretty much what they say in the video is they have over 10 million fans in Germany. And these 10 million fans are mostly at an adult age. And yeah. these people are getting kids or already have kids or multiple kids. And these kids are not growing up with football the same way that you did. Yes. Right? Or that they did. So if they're going to keep the fan bases going into the future, they need to be on the medias that the current generation and the platform that the current generation is actually going to see so that it's a natural uh, transition for them to actually participate in esports. And Schalke is literally uh, showing their esports player on the football matches before the matches and in the breaks and showing them on the big screens and showing trailers and everything and trying to make hype around it. So they're really going all in on it. Okay. Okay. Wow.
1: Isn't it? This is unbelievable, Nico, thank you.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I I had had
0: skepticism, and I'm pleased to say that you washed that away very easily. Mm -hmm. And although I still have a very small knowledge, I am much better for having spent this time with you. So thank you so much. And what's your next big tournament?
2: Well... It's going to be any week now like we're, we're participating in pretty much anything that we can and everything that we can but we just started up we've only had internet here in the office for like two weeks so we're just very much in the starting phase right now
0: all right well okay. good luck for you and your project yeah, it sounds man. fabulous thank you. and uh, i think they got the right person in place yeah think, man
2: so? yeah, yeah yeah you seem like
0: a
1: great coach man so uh <laughs> good luck to you buddy
0: all right nico 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 cause Guards, thank you so much indeed uh P.F. Helix, uh, a team, if you haven't heard of them before, you have now, and I think we're all going to be interested in following. Um, We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Heather Berlin and a trip inside the mind of an e-sports athlete, as I shall now be calling them. Uh, We're going to take that break. We'll see you shortly. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waiberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, Welcome back to Playing With Science and our eSports extravaganza, And, of course, we have with us neuroscientist Dr. Heather Berlin. If you're not familiar, cognitive neuroscientist and assistant professor of psychiatry at the ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. Uh, Dr. Berlin, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me here again. Oh, mm-hmm. pleasure's ours always. always. Um, all right, eSports, or as Nico the Pico has educated us, Esports athletes. Now, for me, with my very limited knowledge prior to speaking to Nico, Couch Potato basically, his fingers and thumbs welded to a control box, and that was it. And he's just blown that completely away and opened our minds to an ultra professional attitude. But that's one side. Not everybody is an elite esport athlete. So if we come back to the very basics of it, and with your good self, what areas of the brain are being engaged by a competitive, professional esports gamer?
3: So the same parts of the brain are going to be engaged when you're playing a game. It also depends on the game, right? Yeah. So depending on which game you're going to have slightly different parts of the brain that are activated. It's not kind of a one size fits all, but let's say you have an amateur and a professional both playing the same game. You're going to get the same parts of the brain that are, that are activated. Usually involves a lot of focused attention or being able to shift attention very quickly from one thing to another. Um, having really fast fine motor movement. So your motor cortex is going to be really active Um, perhaps having some emotional suppression or regulation because for example, if you're in a, I don't know, it's a combat game and you start getting really stressed out, like you're going to get shot at, you're not going to perform as well. So it's almost like people in the military being able to stay cool, calm and collected in very intense situations and remain focused. So the parts of the brain involved in focus, the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, um, the the, the insula we know is involved are going to be active in both cases, but, Um, professional athletes might do things that can help even um, get them to be more effective in terms of the brain areas that are engaged when they're playing the the game itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. How clever and dangerous are computer games when they purposefully build in this adrenaline and heart rate boosting elements and through visual and audio features? Because, I mean, I've only played them many many years ago and only very briefly and it was very much like woof. the heart rate's up your adrenaline levels are high you can feel it and sense it so how do they do that what does trigger off in the brain and does that then come to a dangerous level very quickly
3: yeah so i mean they're they're meant to simulate or to kind of trigger your emotion, emotional reactions. That's why they're so engaging. Yeah. There's both rewarding aspect, like when you can win points or gold or whatever it is, um, or they take things away when you lose points or lives or whatnot. Um, but it's all meant to kind of engage you emotionally. And what we see, there's some studies where they actually just look at brain activation when they have people imagine, just simply imagine a neutral scenario or imagine an aggressive scenario. And simply imagining an aggressive scenario decreases activation in the orbital the prefrontal cortex, in the, in the very front part of the prefrontal cortex. So imagine that now. Now you're actually viewing aggressive, or let's say it's a combat game, um, it's actually decreasing activation in your prefrontal cortex. Now, how long the effects of that last is unknown. So maybe right after they play this aggressive game for hours, they might actually go out and do something aggressive. Yeah. Um, So it is triggering, it's triggering our emotions, but I think that those professional players probably have developed the skill to not be as affected by those emotional cues within the game so they can stay, again, cool, calm and collected and respond adaptively rather than letting the emotions trigger them. Or when it's really stressful, you know, you're down to one life and then people start messing up because of the stress, they probably can modulate that a bit. Hey. You know?
0: wow. So how respect- receptive is the human brain to that sort of addictive reward scenario? Is it something oh. uh, that some people are able to naturally block or as you just highlighted, the elite gamers are having, have got there but through a process of hour after hour after hour?
3: So it's a very, so, so I've, I see patients, you know, they have like internet gaming addiction or just simply internet addiction or internet gambling addiction. Yeah. They're all kind of interrelated. We see that the same parts of the brain that are involved in addiction to drugs, um, are involved in these behavioral addictions like internet gaming. So you get dopamine activation, you get cravings, you get withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. Um, and it's the same neural neural circuitry that's involved. So now, for instance, let's just say you took like a gambler, professional um, poker player.. Yeah. It's a very fine line between are is it are they just a professional? they're doing it as a living or is it an addiction, right? <clears throat> And when it becomes, usually when it becomes really detrimental to your life, you know, when you keep doing it, even though you're losing, or even though, let's say it's gaming, you know, you're doing it at the cost of social life, at the cost of making money and having a job or whatever it may be. And you just can't stop yourself. So the point, the thing with an addiction is that despite the negative consequences, you still, you still need to do it. Mm -hmm. And you can see the same thing happen with drugs. Whereas these professionals, it's hard to say, I would probably say that a A proportion of them, a percentage of them might have some addictive-like behaviors. But I I assume if they're really skilled and really good and they're doing things outside of the game to train and they're exercising and they're having a social life and they're really seriously just looking at this like a job, maybe they're not not activating that addictive network in the brain. Mm. They're able to suppress it somehow. And there's also people that just have more addictive personalities that are more likely to get addicted to gaming than others.
1: So, you know, with respect to that, uh, there are kids that play video games for 12 hours a day. And uh, a lot of it, when you talk to them, it's because there's an online community and they establish relationships. And it becomes the new playground now when i was a kid it was nothing to go out and play 12 hours at the park with my friends and you know we're riding bikes and we're doing all this kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. where is the line drawn between hey i just really want to spend time with my friends and do this thing i really love and hey i'm addicted to video games (laughs) or and and also are these (laughs) video game companies uh, you know putting these games in these forums so that they can they know that psychologically you we are social creatures and we want to you you establish friendships and so you want to be there and you're just going to keep you there for 12 hours
3: well first of all there there is we do know from um Well, there was actually a great documentary. I forget the name of it, but it was about um, these dating apps, but they talked to the people who create them and they literally admitted that, yes, we're using techniques that we know from psychology, like um, when you have reinforcement schedules that are unpredictable, like things like that, where we're actually trying to get people sort of addicted to want to want to use it they, they do manipulate these things um, accordingly. but the argument has been that well there are, there are some positive aspects you have these social interactions in these communities but what we're lacking what we're losing is when they, they, they show that the more time kids spend online, whether it's playing games or even in you know social kind of chat rooms or whatever you want to call them, They're actually losing their ability to interact with people face to face. They don't learn. They 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 don't understand um, social cues. They they have much poorer communication skills Mm. when they're face to face with a real human being. So they might be getting some aspects of like sort of social interaction online, but it's it's there's something lacking and they're not learning the skills that we've spent many years evolving to you know have face to face interactions which could mean that when they go out in the real world they're going to be at a disadvantage
0: so and then once yeah, they have from, gone into there and found that disadvantage they immediately c- recoil back into right. the comfort of the zone they've just come out of yeah
3: and that's when you see these people you know there was some guy who was a, went out and did this mass shooting you know these 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 guys that were in these chat rooms about um I think they were, like, asexual. They weren't having sex. I forget. They, they in-
1: were incels, the incels. The incels. Incels. Yeah, exactly. these are guys are forced into celibacy because they can't get laid because they don't know how to talk to a girl. And then they right. take that anger and actually blame the girls or the women and, and their hate for women they express in these chat. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and they have these, wow. but they
3: have these online communities that are, like, these echo chambers that are just making the problem worse because – The more time they're spending on that the less time they're going out and trying to actually develop the social skills to learn how to let's say pick up a girl so i mean that's at the extreme end of things where you can see things like that happening where you get yeah you're in a social community but you're really actually not you're lacking the skills to have real life interactions so i i think it's just another way in terms of gaming It just sucks people and it keeps them there longer. I mean, that's what these developers want. I mean, it is very strategic the way. It's not by accident Mm. how they're developing these games.
0: Wow. So So It's it's interesting because what we're talking about here is a massively negative side of gaming. Yeah. And what we did with Nico the Pico, Nico Korsgaard, who was the head coach of the Swiss eSports team, was understand from him how he demanded of his team balance, Yeah, how mm-hmm. they must be involved with meditation, mental strength, mm-hmm. physical exercise, right. engagement. And he said, we want you to have good grades. We want you to be involved. We want you to have an aspect and an understanding. Right. So it wasn't a very insular environment. It was that they've... But see... <laughs> However, as I said, many are chosen, few are called when it comes to being chosen to be brought onto a team right. for an e So there's a lot of people out there, it 100 million a month, playing League of Legends alone. Right. Wow. Well,
3: I think it's what that coach is doing. It's really, it's neuroprotective, we would call it, right? So if you, we, we already know what the negative um, I mean, there's even been shown, some studies show brain atrophy and, you know, so we know the negative impact. So to counter that, if you want these people to be like sort of elite athletes, exercise, meditation, you know, making sure they have time for social life that's going to be a neuroprotective factor to make sure that they're at the top of their game and they're not getting the negative impacts. It's almost kind of like counter countering the negative potential negative impacts. I mean, other studies show that you do develop certain skills. Like I said, attention and, and switching attention very quickly and fine motor skills, but it's at the cost of maybe some other things like sustained long term attention um and 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 social skills developing them outside but if you can if you can counter that by let's say you have a coach but most people don't have that right no. so i think the professional athletes maybe are protected because they they have these other regimes outside of when they're playing whereas the average person does not.
1: Does not. Well, listen, we're out of time. This is fascinating stuff, yes, but uh, as always. I got to go. I got a date with my virtual girlfriend. Uh, so. <laughs> he can't
0: resist it, can he? He cannot resist it. <laughs> Dr. Heather Berlin, uh, enlightening and a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for your insight and your time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. So. Uh, Chuck. Yeah. Game over. Yeah, that's it.
1: That's it, baby. We actually, we beat this game. We're at the final level and, and, and it's done. Yeah, Yeah. I like it. We got all the coins. We got all the points. This is game over, baby. That's it. We're out of here. This was the best, too. We're champions. We're going out on top. That's it. We got to wait for the next incarnation of the game to come out Madden 2025. That's how far ahead we are, baby. We are winners, okay? League of Champions. Here are your champions right here. We don't need a league. It's just the two of us. Duo of Champions. How about
0: that? Deal with it. Deal with it. Can I leave the basement now, (laughs) Chuck? As long as you brush those crumbs off that couch, young man. (laughs) Life's too short. Right, that's it. This has been Playing With Science. I've not been Chuck Nice. (laughs) And I have not been Gary O'Reilly. We look forward to your company very, very soon. Hopefully you've enjoyed eSports and the enlightenment of me to eSports athletics.